Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Kinky Conversations podcast, where consent is king, pleasure is queen, and exploration of sexual expression is the name of the game. And now for your host, the delicious Zachary Phillips. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Lani, a 33-year-old from the United States who's into music, books, outdoors, and artistic expression. We discuss sapiosexuality, the idea of sex as art, and embracing curiosity. We discuss the problem of becoming defined by labels, the ethics of consent, kinks, or being a spectrum rather than a binary category, being attracted to the process of the mind, and the relationship between sexual and mental health. She leads me through the yoga ninja practice of Sankapala, with the goal of channeling the generated sensual energy into all aspects of life. We talk about age play, re-watching movies as adults and deriving new meanings, the positives and negatives of the interplay between the internet and kink, Netflix and chill, and how sapiosexuals have sex. This discussion was quite stimulating. I define myself as somewhat sapio, so being able to connect with a fellow sapiosexual and discuss a wide variety of different things was very satisfying. The conversation is wide-ranging, but quite entertaining. I know you'll get a lot from this one. Oh, and stick around, because at the end of the podcast, I do a reading of my poem, Sapiosexual, from the book Kink, Volume 1. But without further ado, I bring you Lani. You want to talk about the idea of um, how the mind um, interprets the core of kinks and the idea of nature versus nurture. You you sent me a message down that that path and like this idea of sapiosexuality and um, I suppose appealing more to the mind than just straight to the body. My thing is how... A lot of it deals with my personal experience into mental health as well. Um, Not mental health, but mental illness. I personally hate the word illness, but I accept it for what it is. Um, Because I'm the person that thinks I'm bipolar. And I'm bipolar and I have agoraphobia. Um, I was diagnosed when I was 15 and I'm 33. So it's been a very long process. So a lot of my sexual preferences or not even preferences, my feelings about sex have a lot to do with the ability of my mind and how that transfers into sex. Can can you go into that? Go, go, go deep into that. What do you mean by your mind and your ability to get into sex? Because I want to sort of like drill down on this because sapiosexuality or um, I suppose demisexuality, there's a whole bunch of words that, Sort of I'll tell collection you now, of things. I yes. hate those words. I, I hate person, But of course, I, of course you would hate the words because they don't define the exact, ex- the, you know. Exactly, yeah. or it doesn't define the, the feeling of it all. I hate words because I think, because it is a fairly recent word. I mean, sapiosexual has just started being really used in 2017. If you think of the grand scheme of things mm. and sex, like in sex, 2017 is not that long ago. <laughs> So it didn't, it didn't have a word for that feeling long before that. 
Well, yeah, and- feelings always existed, right? Like it's 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 the same thing with mental illness. There's this issue with sort of, oh, look at how many kids are getting diagnosed with ADHD mm-hmm. or autism or whatever. But like prior to those conditions existing, those people still existed. And yeah. if we extend the diagnostic diagnostic criteria, of course you're going to find more people, right? So it's like if you give this thing a word, then it sort yeah. of it, it half sort of helps explain what some people are feeling, but also puts the people that already are in that box into a very defined box that this is what a sapiosexual is. And like yeah. you can extend that to every form of sexuality. Oh, this is what yeah. a what a submissive is. This is what someone who is into masochism is. This is what it, and it's like I just I don't like it as well because it's it's like, well, no, I'm it's it's like someone asks me what I do for work. And it's like mm-hmm. I do I do writing. Like it's like I have to like pin it down to like this one word and then we can talk because you know what writing is. But it's like this isn't writing. This is a discussion on sex and sexuality. It's a podcast. Exactly. So it's, so yeah. For me, I sent it to you. I sent one of the articles I think I sent to you. I've looked up so many. Um is that the ancient Greeks actually studied bipolar, but in different words and different feelings and they actually considered mental illness really a gift from the divine and that's how i think of it my mind because i am bipolar my mind is capable of so much it's not just surface when you are capable of doing that you're really able to dig into everything so as being bipolar to tie that back into the kink thing to be bipolar it you feel things so much more intensely and it can go that can go very bad but also if you're taking care of your mind in the right way and not really society's way because i don't believe everyone should take medication if that's not what works for them um, not what society tells them, but if you're able to find that true happiness within yourself in a different way, then that's the way you should go. That's it. That's to me, that seems very simple, but I know it's not simple. <laughs> I, I look at mental health, like, and I talk about it in other places, but it's sort of, I see mental health and sexual health quite connected. You know, if you're mm-hmm. not sexually satisfied or Absolutely. repressed or that sort of stuff, it's going to, it's going to cross over. And obviously the mental health will cross into the sexual health as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I look at all of it as a, a, a form of functionality. Mm-hmm. So so for me, I've had some you know bad experiences in my past and I'm sort of quite a lot better than I was despite mm-hmm. having, you know, bad days, bad weeks. Mm-hmm. So the only, the problem that I look at it is, is that I see the world through my eyes, right? So like, let's say when mm-hmm. you're up or when you're down, like I'm, I don't have bipolar, but I'm trying to like sort of empathize with this. If you're up and in a state where everything feels absolutely incredible, it would be easy mm-hmm. to sort of, misjudge or or sort of uh, go look too at the far. world yeah look at the world in a way that's yeah. like oh everything's great but the but yeah. everything isn't great right and when you're down yeah. everything isn't bad right so it's sort of like mm-hmm. I look at the long-term trend and go okay like because I, I tend to sort of overdo myself when I'm in a good space I'll do and sort of book in too much you know and for me like I get mm-hmm. social anxiety so it's like when I'm feeling great when I'm on an up do 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 right do everything and book everything yeah. but then that causes the the, the plummet afterwards the, and then yeah. and then when i'm down it's like i feel super lonely because i've i've blocked everyone off and i've caused you know issues with um with connections i've sort of hurt people just by the mm-hmm. fact that i'm just trying to recover so it's like i'm like okay let's find the middle way and then also mm-hmm. let's look at the trend over time in terms of functionality 
Mm-hmm. And if, if that means sort of in terms of work, it's like maintaining or getting or maintaining and being able to work or earn more. It means sort of socializing more. It means exercising more. It means having mm-hmm. more sex. Like, you know, depends <laughs> on what, whatever. No, but seriously, like whatever we're taught, whatever category we're talking, it means we're doing it but in a way that's trending up. It's all interlocked. Yeah. 100%, it really, 100%. it really does extend to everything. And that's why it's so fun to extend that to sex because sex is based in feelings, whether it's physically, whether it's emotionally, whether it like with the word sapiophile, I think I'm saying it right. I just learned it. Honestly, I just learned it the other day. And it's like, I found a word that explains everything I've felt my entire life. But then that word is so insignificant all at the same time. But um, yeah, tr- trust the sapio to, to not, <laughs> not agree with the definition. That's, exactly. that's a very cliche. <laughs> exactly. Should put, that in the, should put that in the definition. So just, just to like, can you, can you give a, a base summary of terms just so we're, we're all aware of, of what we're talking about? Um, it's in full meaning, it's being sexually attracted. If you're applying it in a sexual way, it's being attracted to the mind to the way I interpret that is I get off. I, I mean, I get off on what the mind is capable of. And so you end up in this place where you can get yourself off very easily if you understand yourself that well. But also your partner, if your partner really matches you in that intellect level to where you're feeding off of each other, I explain it like it's a hunger, okay? And when you say you want to eat somebody's brain, that's the worst thing you could possibly say. But it's like, I want to feed off of the information you can give me because that information gives me those feelings and I need that feeling. So that's how the intellect goes deep down into being more than just intellect. I, I may, I say intellect and then I say smart. I just wrote a quote last night that says, hold on, I'll look it up for you and read it word for word because it was last night, so I don't think I can say it word for word. I, it, to be intellectual, you can stimulate literally, but to be smart, you feel those facts and interpret them for stimulation. That's how I process that, if that makes sense. That's- it's, 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 it's the... For, for, for one of my books recently, I talked about this idea of art not being pure because the artist is by definition of creation or by the act of creation is imposing themselves upon the, the canvas upon the blank page and the act of consuming art um, twists and manipulates and sort of impacts the, the reader, the, the viewer, the Mm -hmm. consumer. So the person that is consuming the art is even unwittingly changed by the art you if you before before even before like this conversation and after this conversation our words our thoughts our um turn of phrases the mm-hmm. gist of the conversation is now like a little seed into the listener's mind that's that's changing them it's like <laughs> a literal mind fuck so to speak no literally oh my god right? it's fantastic that's the best um, saying ever yeah I it's just... it's <laughs> sorry go go you're good yeah go it's it, it's like a, it's like a, like a thought worm. Um, it changes you, you know, and like there's, you know, you can see behind me, there's like a million books, most of which I haven't read yet, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like, it's like, like you get the, like, I love reading because you get, you get the author's 
thoughts like you become a little bit of their life their feelings their thoughts their their processing and how how they're seeing the world it's like you get to live a different different um a different life in each book and and it's like obviously that's like that's a fairly cliche thing like of course like you know you get to live another world but it's like it's 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 deeper than that it's like you get to 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 to, experience it yeah you get to feel it i do in feelings like i see everything as art mostly and if you really think down on it, you can really see everything in the form of art. Like sex, sex is art. You're relaying between each other feelings and you get to read off of each other's feelings to really find what works for you. That's why kinks, the name of kinks really, because age play, for example, it is seen in society as somebody who wants to make love to a child, to be with a child, is how it's seen in society. But on a deeper level, it's two people who have found a way to feel good. And if you're a consenting mind, if you're a formed mind, so that excludes children and that excludes animals. I was just listening to your last podcast. So this is some feedback from your last one, but on a different <laughs> level. Um, but that mind isn't formed and and finished really in the fundamental growing is what makes it wrong. Because can you really consent if you don't fully understand what you're consenting to, right? There's, there's a lot of ethical ethical issues. Like obviously age is a big, you know, a hard line. But mm-hmm. then you then you add issues like inebriation with a variety of different drugs. Mm-hmm. You add um, issues of mental illness or disability or like sort of IQ level, and it becomes quite a challenging thing. Like I I can't I, I sort of typically find that I can argue a lot of different perspectives. Like mm-hmm. my my day job is a disability support worker, mm-hmm. and um, in that sort of industry, there's talk and there is you know facilities for sex workers for disabled mm-hmm. people, and you know depending on the age of the people you work with, I work younger, but like if you're with adults and the adults want to go on a date, like you have to facil- help facilitate them experiencing the date. And then some people will, you know, obviously you have to agree to do this and you have to be okay with it as a job role, mm-hmm. but you're helping facilitate their relationship in all forms. Right. And obviously, you know, and like there's a lot of like, you know, like you need like training and you need like consent. You need like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on there, but it's, it's an interesting, oh, yeah. it's an interesting thing. With with um, but if we bring it back to like the the age play between adults, okay, yeah. <laughs> one of the um, I went my first experience of like a like a kink nightclub, a kink sort of dungeony experience. Yeah, it was quite quite varied. But one of the things that I I just wasn't aware of of the um, of the scene was littles, mm-hmm. and there was like you know a group of a gaggle of littles, like a, <laughs> what would you call a collection? <laughs> um, <laughs> we a need flock. to come up <laughs> a pen a, a kindergarten of littles i don't know um <laughs> do it yeah you, right? you came upon a daycare it was a daycare a daycare there we go um <laughs> and and i and i was i asked the people that sort of brought me there i don't know like the ho- like not not the host but like you know it's like bringing me along i'm like what's what's the go because i was you know like i'm confused coming as an outsider perspective it's my first experience and they mm-hmm. explained it to me and i i was curious about it because it seems like you said the societal thing it's like oh that's that's not um 
you know, it's, it, there's some red flags that sort of get, come up until you sort of mm-hmm. start processing it and thinking about it. And it's like if everyone's consenting and enthusiastic and keen on it. Exactly. What does it matter? Provide, provided like, because there's, the, there's the, the feeling that it's like, oh, it will extend outside of the bedroom. But like that's, you know, like, like I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's... Some people it does though. Some people, it ties into, I don't want to say that anybody who practices age play has mental illness because I'm a person that would never try to diagnose somebody else. That, that's to the professionals. But um, if that is how that person functions best in everyday life, then who am I to tell them that they're functioning wrong? Well, well, that's it. If you like, there's the, like, I, I think everything's a spectrum, right? Like mm-hmm. I want to go back to Sapio on this, but with the age play stuff, right? If an adult person that doesn't do any age play has a teddy bear that she just keeps on her bed or he keeps on, you know, like some sort of like comforting item, whatever mm-hmm. it is, that's that's like a level of like age play or age regression internally, right? That's tiny, yeah. T- tiny. So it's like, it's like if, you know, and then you could extend that and go, well, everyone has like comfort items. Like if you have like a favorite cup, right? Mm-hmm. My kids, I've got young kids. They have a favorite like spoon, right? Mm-hmm. But my wife also has favorite implements. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, and she, those, has, those... she has feelings. Yeah. That's a so feeling. It's, it's an interesting so thing to consider, you know, it's just, you... just like the kink is played. Like that whole thing is played to it, like an extreme. And when it becomes so extreme, people look at it and go, Oh, that's odd. But it's like, we're all, you know, we're all doing little bits of all of these kinks. I feel, you know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. Like in your everyday life, but especially when you have, a really intense imagination. I think that's that's one of the things that makes my mind beautiful is because I have such an intense imagination that I can find almost any scenario and find a sexual aspect to that that fits for me. And you can go if you really work on it because I do I work on it it's like a therapy it's something like my experiment with you I was trying to see if I could shorten my therapy down to if I if somebody else can do it as quickly as I can can you explain to me because I I, I was a bit confused over the messages explain to me in words and then then maybe we can play it out here okay so <laughs> very excited. Got the excited face. I Let's do this. I get so I love these conversations, but you don't really get to have these that much in person because people aren't open to that. But it's also really hard to have through a message because you can't feel off of somebody. You can't see their face. You can't mm. get that. A lot of it's about instant gratification. You can't get that that instant feedback because my mind wants that instant feedback to know where to go next. I explain it like a Rolodex. I need my mind works on a Rolodex with all kinds of thoughts. And I need somebody to grab onto one of those and send me that way. But I got way off topic again. <laughs> back on the so, Rolodex of the uh, experiment. Let's um, exact, pull you, pull oh, you back to the experiment. Okay. See, we, we, we played it out just then. Look at us go. Okay. I just need to, you got to pull me back. You're going to be like, well, Lonnie, like, let's rewind. I said this. Get back to that. Um, but it's taking, using your imagination to find what in yoga is called your, 
Sankupa, which basically is inside your core desire. If you apply it to sex, which for me, applying it to sex is incredible as well. But you find that thing that you really want, really want. So if you use your imagination like an artist, um, say what that thing that I really want is this threesome. But to make it even more enjoyable, I want this threesome in my mind. I want this threesome to be here because I've learned over time what here will be able to do for me. So my ultimate sexual experience actually is ties into my favorite desire. My favorite sankulpa is I had sex in a planetarium during during a um during a lecture on Jupiter and the Galilean moons. I love Jupiter. It's something I'm super passionate about. And yes, a lot of people are like, what the fuck? You're turned on by Jupiter? No, I'm turned on by learning about that. It's my mind is taking in this information that it's so thrilled by that it's a turn on. So when you take a Sankulpa, like the planetarium, because I know it was the best feeling. So when you're able to really tap into that feeling, I can take my meditation into, I can feel my skin heat up physically because of my imagination and the knowledge that I have of this feeling gives me this physical reaction. So you can tap into that imagination. Like my heart rate can go up because I know that feeling of what that's going to be. So the theory behind the experiment is you take that sankulpa and you just shut your eyes because yoga nidra is where that comes from. And that's really about just shutting your mind off. So 15 minutes of yoga nidra can equal up to an hour of sleep because you are guided into, into that deep of that experience. So if you apply that to sex, and use sex as your sankulpa, and you can use your mind to guide yourself into that deep place that gives you that 15 minutes of a reset you need. But if you use it with sex, a lot of the times, I mean, you can get there in 20 seconds. If you pick out your best part, like if you say you and I are talking, or you're writing, and you have writer's block, you just, everybody has brain farts. It just stops. Your brain's like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't want to do it right now. And you really need to reset, like a hard reset on your brain. So you stop everything. You close your eyes and use that sexual experience that you're thinking of to shut out everything else and just reset. Because it takes your brain to a place where you're just focusing on that one thing. Can you can you go into the the how 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 do you do that? What's the what's what's the method? Is are you doing a meditative practice to develop that skill, or is there like an induction? How, how are you how are you doing that? If that makes sense, because I'm, I'm enjoying yeah. what you're saying because it sort of sounds like almost like like mindset correlation or self-hypnosis or yeah. like like a like a, a men, like a meditation gained mental state like an altered state of consciousness where you've but like I guess 
what I'm curious about is is like let's let's hold that, that can be attained. How, mm-hmm. how do you how do you get there? What do you do from like let's say you were to do that? What's the what's the method? Okay, I can only speak personally because I don't like to generalize everything. So I can only speak for me and what worked for me. Um, and that's the experiment is to see if it works for other people. But I take with my mind all of my excuse me, all of my therapy over time has led me to really knowing what works for my brain. And I have trouble sleeping. So one of the best things for my brain physically is to rest. So to get that rest that I need, I listen to I listen to like sounds to sleep. I listen to things like that. But one of the things I personally really have to need because my brain runs, it goes constantly um, to really shut that down is I need guided meditation. So I started listening to like the sleep apps and things like that. And I found Yoga Nidra, which it's a very factual based yoga somewhat when you listen. That's why guided meditation is incredible because it gives you the words, give you something tangible to grab onto. And if you don't have that tangible thing a lot in life in general, but if that sleep wise, if you don't have that tangible thing, it gives your mind or you don't have something to really grab onto to really focus on which is really what a sankulpa is um and when you go through guided meditation it'll say okay i need you to think of your sankulpa and it explains it's your deepest desire really it can be anything from from why you do your work why you do this Like, what is it that makes you, for me, it's what do I desire the most or what makes me feel the best is my sangulpa. But it can be anything for you in particular, but it gives your mind something to grab onto and really focus. But then you're guided into learning how to use that sangulpa. Um, But the whole dumbing it down to 20 seconds thing to see if it's even possible for other people to do it is seeing if that's just my mind that does that or if other people are capable of doing that as well. It feels like there's a lot of introspective pre-work needed Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you're saying, well, what's what thing arouses you the most or what thing like sort of inspires you or like what's this deep, true core thing? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if people would easily and quickly be able to just have that answered if they hadn't considered it prior because like so for me like there's there's multiple levels and it also depends on the mood I'm in or how I'm feeling right mm-hmm. if I'm in in sort of a sexual mood my desire will be and my my sort of core thing may be different to when I'm in like a creative mood they might cross mm-hmm. over and it might be there might be like a deeper core thing but mm-hmm. I'm like I was, I was sort of thinking when you were saying saying that like well what would be my thing and it's like there's this feeling that comes when like when I'm creative, like this sort of mm-hmm. writing flow. I get it when I'm in flow. I get it when I'm doing my martial art and I'm sort of like the, the world sort of turns off and I'm just present. Maybe it's like this sort of mindful present, like, you know, maybe like when you're sort of watching a fire and the world stops just yet, yeah, like sort of, or like, you know, the, 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 the past disappears, the future disappears mm-hmm. and you're just here, right? So like I could sort of, sort of thinking that and then if you can be in that moment, like that, that can happen sexually. Like if you're having a good sexual experience, you can, you can, exactly. you know, you're in that moment. 
so it's sort of like but that's not like for me that's not like a thing it's like it's it's like an ethereal i suppose the closest thing is mindfulness <laughs> like the, the closest word to describe yeah. that is 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 like this present state because for yeah. me it's like my brain's so active that if it just shuts up or if i can just sort of not that it shuts up if i can sort of just let it chatter over here but like that's just another you know that's just the birds tweeting tweet cheeping you know that's just another background yeah. noise yeah but my 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 sort of inquiry here is it's like i'm not sure if if people would be able to get straight into it without having had a lot of uh internal work first or being quite sort of high on the introspective um personality distribute um attributes if that sort of makes sense because it feels like you need to to know yourself quite well to be mm -hmm. able to go down that path or have you know been guided down it multiple times if that makes sense yeah that's for me that's the whole point of of an experiment is to see if it's just me it's a controlled experiment and seeing if just my mind is able to do that or is another i use it in a sexual way so other yoga nidra i have to do longer i have to really so, like will, will you just sort of sorry for interrupting will you just sort of try use this to sort of f flip into a mo into a mood or will it sort of how, how 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 do you use it when you're saying you're using it sort of sexually what what are you what are you doing so it's like you 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 want to have sex or you want to be aroused or like how, how are you playing with it the the goal like the aftermath of from using it is that what we're yeah so so you're saying that like so you can you can use this very quickly okay when, so... when will when will you use it so writer's block okay it's not the after effect it's just to be reset it's not it's to feel clarity there we, that's the best way i can explain it in words mm. is to feel that clarity so it's like when and you if, just give if that's if that's sexual if you want the clarity for sex if you want the clarity for writing if you want the clarity for wherever but you can use that doing. sexual way to achieve mm. it in your everyday life is that making mm. sense so what it you is. do i'll i'll explain it exactly with the best words i can literal and then you tell me your thoughts on what you just heard and what you felt from what you just heard yeah okay yep. so what i do really is if my brain starts going and then i have a brain fart i stop and you just close your eyes and you think about for me the planetarium i'll get back so knowing that feeling using that even in and everybody has that feeling i mean you know sexually something that has made you so happy right yeah in your past it doesn't have to be your past but you can go as far with it as you want but a lot of people sexually most of us have experienced something at an age most of us are that practice kink you've experienced something that got you into kink. And if that's your one thing, like Shibari, if you want to imagine yourself in a situation of practicing Shibari, because you know it. So you take that and for about 20 seconds, just or really however long it takes. But for me, like 20 seconds, I can just really get into, in my mind, I can get into that feeling so hard that it gives my brain a minute to shut down and reset. And then you open your eyes 
And you can, there's other experimental ways to add into it because you can go with like a sexual stimulation, like a touch stimulation as well while you're doing that. And it can be kind of sort of an edge play. Like you're giving yourself that. It's kind of a mind fuck in that way. You're giving yourself that. So then at the end of the day, when you're able to shut down, you do that fantasy. You use that because you've built up on it all day. But at the end of the day, you're able, you have the time because that's a lot of stuff with society now is we don't time. So when you have that real time to act out that sankulpa you've been using all day, it's such an intense sexual experience because you've built yourself up to that all day. Or if you need it for a week, use that sexual desire that you're thinking of to reset, use that continuously and inside it builds up such a such a help me with words you've got better words than me it builds up such an intense feeling toward that event that when you make that event happen that event is so much more than you ever thought it could be because you honestly have been thinking it out for so long, but in a pleasurable way Mm. to reset your, your productiveness until you can get to that. It's kind of a anticipation thing, but an anticipation of a feeling, but you use that anticipation to be like, yo, I need to start writing so that I can get over here and do this. Like Mm. I need to get this shit done so that I can go do this. And when your brain shuts off or has a brain fart or writer's block or whatever you want to call it, you're giving it that to hold on to, to keep, to keep being productive so that you can get to this. Hmm. You're using a continuously to at the end of it. I don't know if that's no, go ahead, go your thought. Cause I don't know where no, the, <laughs> it, it sounds like you, you're sort of, um, almost sort of combining a form of almost self, self-hypnosis or sort of um, mindset changing combining with like a, a self-reward system. It's an, it, it, like, I like to look at a, at, at a um, sort of sec- secular explanations for mystical wordings. Right. And this isn't just Absolutely. with like, with like sort of like um, the Eastern stuff, but the Western stuff as well. It's like, why, why, you know, what's, what's the, what's the secular explanation for confession. Right. Well, mm-hmm. confession might have grown as a cultural practice due to, you know, the, the fact that if you speak to people and share your woes, you feel better, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, so I'm like, when 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 people share any sort of practice, I'm like, oh, well, let's let's talk about it from like a from a nature versus nurture perspective. Let's talk about it. like what mm-hmm. are we, what are we doing here if we take away some of the esoterica and some of the words because the words do help, but like, what are you actually doing? You're 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 just you 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 might have a memory or an event or a thing that you're pinning back to. And you're referring your mind back to that. And it almost sounds like a mantra. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with like mantra play. So you're, you, you have a word or a phrase or a prayer that you meditate on. And if mm-hmm. that, that can be an image, it can be a thought, it can be an emotion, it can be an experience. Mm-hmm. And if that experience just happens to be sexually charged, happens to be arousing, happens to be this, that, that can be one, one play that you're taking because why, why not? Why can't it be? And I suppose what you were saying when you, when you were sort of, going going through that process it made me remember a few things that or a few sort of (laughs) 
like the, the crude term is like, you know, the spank bank, the mem- the memory thing of oh. like, um, I've got a few memories in my mind that, and they're all like, when I sort of replay them, they're all of a very similar theme, like mm-hmm. similar actions in like different locations and with different people, but like mm-hmm. the same, the same sexual act was happening in a similar sort of location. Right. Mm-hmm. It was like, like, like blowjobs outdoors, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then I'm like, okay, now, now I'm applying that. And I'm like, okay, so if I'm, if I think that like, and like just even sort of remembering that it's like, it's a bit arousing now for me to think about that. I'm like, Oh, hang on a second. So sort of like sort of pulling back from that memories into the moment now. Are we sort of, sort of on the same page here? Cause that's, that's sort of where my brain went. And then I'm like, okay, if I was to want to play off that, the problem is, is that I feel myself falling into that space too hard. So I don't know if I would be able to use it as a counter to writer's block because I would be stopping writing and starting um, pulling up other tabs on my computer. So to Okay. So let's try it. It really, I can just let me talk you through it for 20 seconds. All you right, shut your eyes. You okay. have everything's blocked out. You have headphones on. So everything's blocked out. Okay. So you need so block everything. And then I need you to think of your most intense experience and you can say it or you can give me a thumbs up when you've thought of it okay on camera because i can't see your hand (laughs) okay and then i need you to think about what that feeling that you had the the whether it's think of all of it the physical the the emotional like every feeling your body had in that moment is it a memory that you can remember that Thumbs up, thumbs down. Okay. So take that and you can take anybody. So if you don't want to remember that experience with who you were there for, you know your wife, for example. You know your wife well enough, I'm assuming, um, to put her in that situation because you know those feelings you have with her. Do you feel that? So you're able to fully experience thinking, adding all that together you need to fully experience that moment, that person, those feelings. And you're not getting any outside influence right now. You're not pulling up tabs. You're not anything. You're using what's in your mind to create that feeling. It's a good feeling, yeah? Mm. Okay, now stop it. Do you feel energized? Yeah. Do you feel ready to be more productive? I'm not sure of that one. (laughs) my no no but i'm not the reason i'm like like it depends on the sort of productivity creativity not sure because that comes from like i i sort of got a a zone to get into but i do feel a a reset or an interesting sort of sort of thing as you're describing because yeah i can pull up those feelings and and it's sort of like it's not because you were saying sort of stuff like we take sex outdoors and there's like, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of an excitement. There's a bit of a danger. There's a bit of a power play. There's the physical pleasure. There's the fact that it's happening. It's like, Oh, look, I'm lucky. You know, there's all of these sort of combining sort of things into this sort of, I'm clenching a fist. Cause it's like, they're all coming together into this one yeah, sort of undefinable emotional feeling, but it doesn't have to be because like, let's say the people that that was with or the person that that was with, there's negative emotions there, you know, like break up, issues in the relationship and that sort of stuff. But it's like that the essence of that memory can be then applied and then put into the present moment. Or this is the thing though, like you're saying, like sort of apply it to my wife or to, to some, some other experience that it's, is it like applying the sort of, are you saying to sort of like apply the energetic feeling of that onto my sort of feeling of my partner, for example, because it's like, 
because like that, that those experiences didn't happen with my partner. So it's like I'm now putting those experiences onto her, which isn't like fair or just or like doesn't suit. I don't have the right word there, but there's something sort of a, a bit of a disconnect. I'm not I'm not quite sure how to pass that. So thinking of it in so in my mind, and I'm not saying the way I think of it is right, because I would never I would never intentionally or I would never project what I had with somebody else with somebody with what I had in the past with somebody current, because that's not fair to the current person. It's not pulling from a lot of it's not emotional, really. If you use it in this, how do I explain? You pull your physical reaction to what was happening. Let go of who it was. Let go of things that happened before or after with that person. Really just take it down to how you felt in that moment. So if you're thinking about it, say sex in a park or, okay, well, legal sex in a park. It doesn't have to be with the person that you, that you were with. It's about what that feeling gave you in that moment. And you can relate it. If you take strip things away, you can relate that feeling to the park like how enjoyable it was to have sex outside. But then you take from your sexual experiences with your wife and what you know of that person. And you, in your mind, kind of meld her into that situation. And I'm not saying it's something that you have so like, like to Like a do positive association, almost. From everything. Like, so, huh, Okay. So now, now it's like, it's almost, it is like, it feel it does very much feel like the mantra. Like one of my, one of my um theories on, on sort of mantra repetition is like a thought comes, you bring it to the mantra. A thought comes, you bring it to the mantra. And you sort of, you're training your mind to sort of bring everything back to this point. Right. And you're taking sort of... sexual experiences mm. and you're pulling the, you're pulling the benefit, like the feeling, the beneficial feeling that you took from that experience and you pull them all together. Like, you don't have to stop at who you're with or where you are. You can say, fuck, like, maybe this is where it ties into kink and being a sapiophile is because truly, for me, kink is a huge open experience. And I truly believe in a lot of kinks, you can find something within that that you identify with. If you mm. dig enough into Age play. I'm not, I would not consider myself into age play. If I had to, if I had to make a fact, a statement, if I had to. If it was like a, if it was a, if it was a, a, a two pronged choice, yes or yes, no, you choose If I no. have, to, if I have to, no. But are there parts of my sexual experiences, like being called a good girl? If that's part of what I pull into my ultimate sexual fantasy, then Am I considered age play? I, I guess. That's... I guess what you're, you're sort of talking about is, and this sort of relates to mental illness. This this idea of like just individuality, right? Mm -hmm. Like, if you present to me with a collection of symptoms, like mental health wise, that fit into the box that we're currently going with bipolar, right? Mm -hmm. Then I can now look at you and go, okay, this person has bipolar, therefore we treat with X, Y, Z medications, interventions, whatever. 
but the thing is, is you don't, you're not the perfect representation of bipolar. You, you yeah. fit into those boxes. So, so like if, if you look at the sort of the diagnostic criteria of mental illness, it's like, you know, you might fit seven of the 10 criteria. I'm not sure with mm-hmm. bipolar or whatever, but like if you fit seven of the 10 or six of the 10 or whatever it is, then there's, you know, you might fit, I might fit five of the same five as you, but we have one difference. So now we're a different expression of the same condition. And if we bring that back to sexuality, right, you could say you're a, you're a sapiophile, you're a, you're a, you're a bratty sub, you're a, you're a, you're a femdom, whatever you are. Yeah. But you're, you're you and your expression of that kink is, is unique, is you. It's not like, like if you take two sapios, two, two subs, two people that are into age play, two whatevers, you can't like the, the label gives you a sort of, it's like, there's the mountain, but like how to get to that mountain is not the same or like, maybe that's not the best analogy, but it's like, this is the sort of way we should traverse this, you know, maybe you should ride a bike with this person. You should walk with this other person, but the destination might be different. So it's like, it's labels are great. Like with mental health, with, but with, with sex as well, labels are great. And they sort of provide a guide. Like, are you into toys? Right. You might say yes, but that, that the definition of what is considered a toy is like, you know, is, is meal is a word. What toys are you into? How do you like them played with? It's so factual. (laughs) <laughs> so, but listen, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to explain it the best way that I just thought of it while you were talking <laughs> is fuck. I lost it too. And that's some bullshit right there. <laughs> but it went away. The Rolodex is going. I'm going to, I'm going to jump, jump back into the, into the gap there. Um, you will just like, we're, we're talking about this, like sapiosexuality with, with intellectuality and, is that what's the word for um, emotional attraction, like demisexual? I'm not, I'm not sure. Like the, the words are I interesting. I wouldn't know the word. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the problem I have with this, like, I feel like everything's on a spectrum, right? So like, I'll mm-hmm. talk to my, my partner about these phrases and she's like, isn't that what everything, everyone is like? Like, isn't everyone wanting like an emotional and intellectual connect, connection? Exactly. And I'm like, I'm like, yes, but some people want it more or less. Like mm-hmm. I would consider myself you know, f- sort of somewhat into this, um, into this field, the Sapio field, right? Mm-hmm. That being said though, like visuals are important. Mm-hmm. How someone looks is important. How they, yeah. how, like, so, so it's not, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself purely Sapio and I'm not sure, like, I, I would like to speak to someone that has zero, like, that, that's like, you know, 100% there, like looks, gender, age, like nothing matters, but intellect now like do you you know what i mean like and people like that will be exist down that path and then other people will be all the way down the other path where looks physicality and that's obviously putting it on like a like a straight line spectrum they'll be like you know coming out in either directions and different aspects and all that sort of stuff but it fascinates me to to consider that spectrum as a as a way that people sort of look at it because i'm like yeah i want i need to be able to talk with you i need i want to engage with you and like what you're describing the um this sort of sort of being fed by the intellect that's mm-hmm. very important but there for me at least personally there is an aspect of like i want that but i also want to be able to look at you and be aroused as well do you know what i mean like it's it's not it's like but but like the 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 the, the intellect if i look back at my own sort of experience with my partners and that sort of stuff i am going more for an intellectual emotional collect connection mm-hmm. over a straight physical connection but it's not not important 
if that makes sense. So to me, to get very literal with it, I, I truly believe that society has fucked us up on that. Um, in things that I've studied and read, like as children, as babies, we're all born as philosophers. We don't know what we believe at the time. And you start to believe the information you take in. So as society, I mean, to me, it's factual that it proves it. But as society, we've dampened in our recent generations, we've dampened that the nurturing an environment that really gives you the ability to just say what if. And that's, that's the core statement of philosophy is the what ifs. And over time, a lot of society in itself, not people, but the masses have ventured toward superficial feelings. Like I use a makeup video, for example. If you look at a makeup video on Instagram, which is what the masses are seeing, you look at like it's beautiful makeup it's great but the masses see that oh my god you're beautiful not they don't see the talent that it took that makeup artist to do that and you'll look through comments and it just maybe you get one that's like oh shit you're talented can i cuss I haven't even asked yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, okay. we're talking about all things sexual. It's, okay. <laughs> we've got I'm the explicit making, rating. <laughs> I'm just making sure. Um, sure. Swear, but, swear as much as like, if, if we're talking about blowjobs in a park, we can say shit. It's all good. Yeah. So <laughs> nobody, like, everybody just says, oh, she's so pretty. Nobody says, oh, shit. Like, somebody put a lot of effort into that. But that's the wavelength that I, with my personal brain, try to live in of seeing and I guess it's it's a to put it into words and give it a name would be like seeing the silver lining yeah I'm rational enough to understand that shit sucks like I don't know if you've looked at the news but shit sucks but I still have those things that bring me that happy feeling so I'm going to grab onto that thing to give myself that happiness because if you're not doing that if you're just looking at fuck shit sucks on a on a superficial level you're not tapping into those good things that you have your brain has them they may not be tangible and in front of you at that very moment but your mind has that to grab onto those things even if it's Today, I mean, I've had a rough day and sometimes being so emotional, sometimes you get it. Um, if you're having a bout of depression or something like that, or you're having severe anxiety, it fucks with you and it fucks with your head. So to get out of that, if I, if I look at Ukraine or if I look at whatever's going on right now, gas prices, I'm going to dwell and just get sadder. But if you grab onto, I can go to the park and be in the sunshine and just breathe for a minute. And I have that good feeling. That's the one thing I can grab onto and do. So if you, that's the whole experiment is grabbing onto that good feeling in your mind to stay in that, to try your best to stay in that. It's easy to fall into negativity. 
It's easy to fall it into so a shallowness. I'd just like to pick up on the um on the social media thing. Like I've I, I have issues, and it's it's sort of I feel very um hypocritical um putting my stuff out there. But it's like it's sort of like you got to use the um use the tools we have. But it's a double edged sword. I. I, I hesitate to to judge society based on the content put out on social media that you see and also on the mm-hmm. comments because the stuff that you see is pushed via algorithms based on mm-hmm. to get a reaction and the comments are anonymous and not represent a representative of you know true interpersonal connection. Obviously they are a part of society and culture and they are suggesting things, but I wouldn't like to apply that to everyone if that makes sense because what we see in those comments it's it's the people making the comments and the headspace they're in in those comments isn't necessarily representative of everyone all the time um but i do i do sort of feel that you are you are correct with the with the look at the the talent that needs to go into it like because yeah you see you see a, a makeup artist doing some amazing work and they do produce a result that is aesthetically pleasing incredible like i've I've, yeah well it can't yeah i've I've gotten into this this idea like whenever i talk to someone that's sort of doing their own hustle right Mm -hmm. like you know i'm doing writing but it's like online hustling or whatever i'm doing right writing podcasting all this sort of stuff and i know like i've been at this for say six seven years now with all the Mm -hmm. different stuff i'm doing online and it's a slow process it's a grind it's lonely as fuck right people people don't yeah it is People, people don't people don't sort of sort of get the back end work but what I what I try to do now is when I see other people stepping into that space or already in that space, I will put extra effort into asking them sort of the in-depth questions, like explain the process. Like people sort of like will look at this podcast and be like, oh, of course, it's, a, it's just a podcast. People have podcasts, they do it, but they don't. But it's not. It's a conversation, it's, it's a, which is an art in itself. But but even even like even like the 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 process of putting it onto a website, like, like website development, the discussion, mm-hmm. the, 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 the words, the copy that you put after a post, mm-hmm. it's all creativity. It's all art. It's all, it's all learning. It's all, there's something like, like if we turn, talk about things that are non-sexual that feel sexual to me, like if I see someone like doing their thing and sort of embodying their truth and sort of like, if you want to be a full-time worker doing your full-time job in a normal, you know, working for someone else in a big business, great. If that works. I for don't. You. No, but but yeah, like I, I don't either. No. But but if that's if that's what you know you enjoy and you find and you can just like I can't right like I've I have mm-hmm. mental breakdowns if I do it. All power to you if you can do that, great. But if if you're you know like because that's some people you know enjoy that they want that stability they want the the guidance whatever. If mm-hmm. you are doing your own thing because you choose and you want to do that, that's also great. It's sort of like I like people when they embody they're embodying or moving towards embodying their truth rather than just mm-hmm. sort of accepting life coming at you. You know what I mean? Like it's, and that's it's easy what your to... mantra is. <laughs> right. I, I I look at this from, from a sexual perspective as well. People are like, what, what, what do I get off on? Cause like on, on the, um on the Instagram page, I sort of post a variety of different stuff sharing, sort of, you know, I'll talk, I'll share memes about littles, about brats, doms, like every, yeah. everything, right? And mm-hmm. people are like, well, what are you into? And it's like, it's hard because I'm into, like you've said, I'm into a little everything. bit of everything. Yeah. But what I but what I really am into is when someone embodies it fully. Like I saw, I saw a lady, I don't know when it was, maybe like last year or something. And I'm like, I looked at her and I said to my wife, I'm like, those are some hot red flags right there. 
and this mm-hmm. this chick was um it was like the typical sort of um crazy hot scale like right up to 10 tattoos dyed hair like the the outfit suited the 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 shoes so it was, i'm like man that like you could put this person on a billboard fitting this this exact like she just fit this aesthetic perfectly mm-hmm. i'm like that's amazing but then i went to the library like the next day and there's like a very cute librarian just you know sort of mousy and cute with the glasses and sort of covered and i'm like man that's hot too right like equal like it's like they're both they both seem to fit like and maybe i was obviously inventing and putting my thoughts into into this space just like you know seeing what they are but they seem both of these people seemed to fit their their look perfectly it's sort of like they they were embodying the art form of their sort of genre of person and i know like it's all it's all in my mind here but like i was like man that's hot does that am i sort of of hitting any marks there yeah so tell me how you would feel if in your mind i'll just say in your mind because a lot of people don't like to think about it physically but emotionally imagine taking the feeling that you felt from both of those people you saw this chick and was like damn like physically she's it like she's it but then you have is the librarian more of a she's really cute but she's smart it was that she was embodying like the cute librarian look but isn't the like librarian it, about the look, about being what she really is? Well, it's it's like when I say look, it's like the glasses. Like, you know, I sort of think it. It's sort of like 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 if you could make a character, like you could make the like if we're talking about it from a sexual perspective, like you know the the cute, shy but naughty librarian. You know, like there's there's sort of a bit of like a characterization play here that you could do with. I do have a word just, to explain that or a okay. state. So basically, and think about it, because you'll see it as soon as I say it. Think about Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Yep. But if you want to take it in a sexual way, in a physical way, she's the smart but sexy chick embodied in a visual. So you think of Belle from Beauty and the Beast. She's sexy, right? Like because of her mind and and because she's a book nerd and it makes her visually sexy, but nobody wants to think of Belle from Beauty and the Beast as sexy because it's made into a children's movie, but it was written in the 1700s, not to be for children. Mm-hmm. She Belle Belle is if you think deep down on it, like a sapiophile or a philosopher, Belle isn't a children's character. Belle is the chick who chose to really live her truth. Her truth wasn't like the people around her. Her truth was she was smart and she wanted more than simple. She, and instead of putting over what everybody else thought of looks, which made her weird, they all didn't understand why she didn't give a shit about looks because it's not how she thought. Mm. And she went for the guy who originally thought he was all looks until he met her and she taught him to appreciate the real shit, you know, the, because he was ugly or gross, but he was such a deep person that this person who doesn't care about looks was able to bond to him. And this person who originally did care about books 
found what really, really matters to them. I'm not saying this counts to everybody, but to them. So when I look at Beauty and the Beast, I see her, she can be a sexual being. It's not, this is where it gets hard to have conversations sometimes because people, I say my favorite movie, movie is Beauty and the Beast, but the live action because Emma Watson is sexy. Like Emma Watson is sexy because one, she's physically incredible to my personal preference, but she also, she's smart. She's self-thinking, which is what Belle is as well. She's incredibly beautiful, but she's so much more than just that, which makes her so sexy. Like she's beautiful, but she's also super deep, Hmm. which is a sexual thing. Do I sound like a mad person talking about Beauty and the Beast in that way, or is it making sense? It make it makes sense. I think the the pushback that you feel might be from the 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 possible belief that people will judge you for viewing a quote kids show. Or, I mean, or I sexualizing would... a kids show, but I mean, but but if you if you if you change the genders up, or you you know, like what what is Prince Charming other than you know literally the like the it's like this person's supposed to be like the thing that you are into. Right. And like, you know, like, like tell, tell me teenagers watching Aladdin for the first time weren't like looking at Jasmine, you know, like, like there's, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's like, I guess you can have, have the conversations. And as long as you are like, yeah, like I'm not sort of like, you feel like you have to say like, I'm not into doing things with kids, but like you can still find attractions in different, from different sources it's it's exactly. it's a story it's not yeah it's 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 a it, it feels like there's there's rough ground there because you are playing in that realm of you know like mm-hmm. quote kids kids stuff which you are but if you're watching a movie as an adult and you're connecting to an adult actress who's projecting adult adult feelings that you i mean like what what is a good story a good story is something that will like move you like one of, one mm-hmm. of my goals as in my writing is and this is like my my sort of like point of writing and poetry and all this sort of stuff is to move the reader emotionally like what what is my goal it's to to change your emotional state you watch horror your emotional you you, you're watching horror to be emotionally changed you want to be scared if you watch porn you're watching it to be aroused right your goal the goal of good um good art is to change the emotional state so if you're watching art and it changes your emotional state that's that's the goal does that make sense? Like I watched, yeah. um, <laughs> have you seen the movie Fern Gully? Oh my God. It was my favorite movie growing up because <laughs> so, I, so I, I watched that like a couple of days ago, showed it to my kids. I hadn't seen it for ages. And I'm, I'm like, I, I watched it as a kid a bunch and I watched it just read like, you know, literally a couple of days ago. I watched, mm-hmm. we watched that. And then we watched the road to El Dorado. Um, you know, the, that cut. Okay. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's, inter- it's, a, it's a good, it's a good show, but, um, I was watching it and I'm like, I'm looking at this, this fairy that I haven't watched since I was an adult. Right. I've watched it only as a kid. Now I'm looking at her and I'm like, Ooh, damn. She's hot. Yeah. She's, she's hot. You know, she's like, exactly. she's like this, 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 this hot pixie. She's got that sort of like naivety, but she's like clearly dressed very provocatively. I because didn't realize how provocative. I, she wasn't provocative when I was a kid. Now exactly. I'm looking at her and I'm like, Ooh, damn. Like, <laughs> so funny. Like thing. Her, so yeah. I experienced my, sexual urges 
I guess. I don't know if it has to do with the fact that I'm bipolar and had so many intense feelings and somehow a sexual feeling came out. Don't know. But when I was a kid, my sexual feelings came out so young. And I mean, I know people are like, ew, she lost her virginity at 14. But at 14, with a cons- with another 14-year-old, not I'm not trying to hit up 50-year-old guys when I'm 14, but experiencing sexual stuff and not vanilla blah, but just with somebody really experiencing those things was incredible for me as a child. So Fern Gully, to me, feeling things like I do, Fern Gully as a kid, and now thinking back on it as an adult, because I do somewhat think of things different as an adult, but I also thought of things this way when I was young. She was super hot. She was. She was feisty, but also shy. And the movie had so much deep meaning to it behind the superficial stuff. It was just, it was an empowering movie, but empowering in a feeling way from kid to adult. But most adults it, it's, now. It stuck with me, that, that mm-hmm. movie. I, mm-hmm. I It sort of stuck with me and made me sort of <laughs> hate the, uh, the, 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 the waste and the excess of humanity. But it's then awful. upon re- upon rewatching, you know, through an adult gaze, I'm like, there, there's a bit more to this than I, I realized. Yeah, that's one of the things about watching Beauty and the Beast as an adult. You see so much more. And oddly, because Disney is thought of as such a child thing, but the stories in the stories Disney puts out are incredibly old. They are in, they are from a time that as people we thought about things so much different like it didn't have to be kid it didn't have to be sexual it could be all because in past generations and i mean you can even think fairly current because we expand so quickly now but times from the 90s and things you watch from the 90s are completely different than things that are created now cultures on overdrive yeah it's awful I watched a video a while ago saying like when we look back at so things from the from the 20 sort of the the 2000s and 2010s onwards it'll be hard to sort of pin down like if you think the 60s or the 70s this image pops to your mind if you think the 1920s an image pops to your mind of like sort of the general feel of the culture and you can take that back further but there's this sort of diversification of culture and you know like given the online spaces right you could talk to someone and they might tell you their favorite artist their favorite movie their favorite creator Mm -hmm. and you might never have heard of this person but that you go you you start exploring this person and you realize they've got millions of followers right they're they're, Mm -hmm. they're like you know they're like huge but you've never heard of them whereas say when I was growing up obviously there was like different sort of groups but there was more you know because of the lack of maybe the lack of the ability to choose your own music, to choose your own um, TV, you know, like you sort of were forced to fit into sort of collective molds that everyone sort of fit into as in like, oh, if you're into like sort of the heavy, heavy metal sort of um, screamo style music, it's like these were the sort of bands that you were into and like everyone was like this collective in that space. And there was other, other different spaces, but there was still these sort of groups you could belong to. Whereas mm-hmm. now it's like that heavy metal space, for example, is so broken into so many little spaces that it's like, I feel like there's this sort of community aspect is being lost in that sense, which is, so, you know, it's, but it's, it's different. It's not necessarily bad. It's just different. 
because like we, we sort of bring it back to this 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 sort of past. We're pulling stories from the past, right? Mm-hmm. I want to try and look at things as even with you know, from the past, from from the present, and moving into the future. What's the commonality, right? Like if we talk like it's a nature versus nurture perspective, we're still the same animal. We're still mm-hmm. the same animal that we were when Beauty and the Beast was made. It was like, mm-hmm. you know, the, the original story when the the original live um, the original animation, when the live action, you know, into the future, we're still the same animal. What what mm-hmm. what is the commonality of of feeling there? Does that sort of make sense? Like we're still the same, yeah. we're still the same beast. <laughs> we are, but I feel like especially when things get pushed too quickly, it's the same as okay, when things get pushed too quickly. Somewhere in all of this, we've lost the part of us that said, what if? Like, we lost the part of us that asked those questions. I I love the internet in a way. I love the ability of the internet, but it's like any other creation, any really good creation. It can go so wrong in the wrong hands. The same when internet applies to kink. You, Hmm. the masses, the masses see the cynical because those masses don't take the time to say what if. Like you see, say you're not in. It's very easy to, it's very easy to like look at the, the, the typecast of the cliche of the stereotype Mm -hmm. when you're not involved. Like the, 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 it's almost a cliche to bring this up, but like when people in, the, the kinky community think of Fifty Shades of Grey, right? There's this instant like, oh, like what a what a terrible book series. They didn't do us justice, yada, yada. It's causing this, you know, the, the mainstream to think of us as this thing, but we're not we're so much more. They didn't get it right. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these sort of things, right? That's almost become a cliche itself. What what I sort of try and what, I, what I'm sort of aware of is, is until you are in the scene and I'm like, we could talk as kinky kink as the kink scene, but any scene, right? Like I'm, I'm in the jujitsu scene. It's a martial art. Mm -hmm. And from the external perspective, you will have certain perceptions based on what society sort of views this as like this is getting into like cage fighting and MMA and you have seen all this sort of stuff. And if you're not in that scene, you will draw from your either limited exposure and you'll make mm-hmm. assumptions or from your friends or family or the people that, you know, influence you, their words and their beliefs. So it's like, if you've never heard of something and your parents are like, Oh, those UFC people, they're just, you know, drop kick people that just want to fight or, you know, like you'll have yeah. assumptions. Right. Yeah. But once, but, but if you're in, like once you've stepped into the scene, you see so much more depth and like, and like the internet does do, it does this duly, right? Mm-hmm. You, if you're not into the UFC scene or the fighting scene, you might, you, you can, you can, you've got two options and this is, this comes down to the person asking or taking that idea of seeing if they can do the what if, right. You can see it and then just disregard it. Mm-hmm. Or you could see it and be like, okay, there's must, there's, there's probably more here because just like there's more to whatever I'm into, there's more in all of these other things. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is there's so many of these different topics that you simply don't have the time to investigate deeply right? Like if I talk to you about the UFC, you might be like, or like fighting, you might be like, oh, that might be worth, because you know, you're like, well, he's, he's understands this area. Maybe there's something to this other thing that he's into. Mm-hmm. So you might now look into the fighting scene and be like, oh, maybe there's more to it. You know, maybe there's artistry to it. Maybe there's like depth to it. Maybe there's something to it. But what about the, the 50, 60, 70, a hundred other little scenes that you've never even considered 
like that you you don't because you simply don't have the time right you don't have the time to look into absolutely everything all the time because you know you can ask like i'm i'm all about inquiry i want to like one of my main things is like i'm i'm curious i want to i want to explore my curiosity but unfortunately that comes up against a hard limit of time like society there's only, well there's only so much that you can do in a day right there's only okay, so, so much think, that i can i can play with think of it this way okay so you say you can't work um, is that because of a mental thing? It's not a good place for you to be in a work environment. If we're going back to to the like a like a office space, yeah, Sorry. yeah, um, yeah. To me, that's work. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. No, no, no. That's that's. Um, I found that if turning up to a nine to five job, I was a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to disability support and moving into this online space, and. I couldn't maintain the um, the daily grind, for lack of a better expression. I couldn't. It was it was too much for me to have to turn up and sort of be teacher Zach all day, every day, five days a week. When I when I mm-hmm. cut down to part time, three days a week, I could do it um, because I found that I could sort of get enough sort of mental energy back, enough spoons back to be able to sort of keep coming back. Okay, I'm gonna tie this all in. I swear to it, and you're gonna be like, "Damn, she really you know, got the back Rolodex. there." Unless yes, the Rolodex gets but, lost. But I'm going to go through it. Yeah, no, I'm good. Just keep me on okay, this subject. All right. So um, I had, so I have agoraphobia and that I don't 100% know if you're always, if you always have agoraphobia, but I know that what, I was What is die- agoraphobia just for, just for people that aren't 100% familiar? Shit. Agoraphobia basically at its core is a fear of fears. Um, okay. For me, my agoraphobia acts in a way of I, because of traumas in my past, I hit a breaking point of, for me, the feeling of being trapped or the feeling of just so much pressure is too much for me to handle. And I was at a job that I was trapped in at this job. I loved it. I really did. Adored it. But I got trapped in this drama hole with these people that I worked with. Um, this is where my social anxiety comes from because these people drug me into a situation. But because I worked there, I had no exit because, because I was financially dependent on that job. I had no exit. Hmm. So. It really, and I hate to say broke because I'm not broken, but in that moment, it broke me. And I went through a really hard time. I went through a stage of, I didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to be outside of my house because there's always that possibility. I'm going to be put in that stuck situation where I'm uncomfortable in that stuck situation, but I'm there. So that took a lot of therapy and a new medication and weed to be able to get past that hard place. Because when you get so deep in that, so you just, it feels impossible to pull back out of it sometimes. And that's where I hit with my agoraphobia. Um, but my, where I thrive is not having a traditional job. I have played video games for money when I needed to, but if that got to be too much for my, my mind and I wasn't able to pull at the good from it, um, 
I don't want to do it. And that's what's hard as being a philosopher and being with mental illness and a job is it's really hard to not have a job because of the society we live in. Everything is so expensive. People are different. Money is different. How the world is done is so different that we've created an environment to where it's nearly impossible for you to not have a job. And that's a lot of pressure on somebody, especially somebody who has trouble with pressure. That's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. So with me and the time thing, me not working, I have the time. My brain has that weight lifted off of it to where I have the time to be productive in what I enjoy. And unfortunately, this is why there aren't very many philosophers anymore, because it's not very profitable to be a philosopher and kids go to school and you're taught in the world we live in you're taught that you need to make money and so we've created a place where what is more important than making money is making yourself happy are you able to live in a space where making yourself happy is more important than money Mm. from when i talk about superficial i find that as the superficial part of it. I, I like the idea. It's a Japanese term called ikagi. Um, you want to find work that you can get paid for, that you enjoy, that the world needs and has meaning. Yeah. And if you find all of those things, then you will discover that like, that's like, that's the key to happiness because you know, like it's, it, you know, like there, there's, there's all of the talks of like what, what's this, how society should be set up and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, having mental illnesses and issues myself, I can, um, <laughs> I can feel it from both perspectives because mm-hmm. if you don't, if you, you know, it's sometimes I've, I've had to take sick leave and not literally not, um, not be able to work. I just can't. But at other times I'm like, well, I want to be, you know, people should be paid for the effort they put in. And it's like mm-hmm. sort of balancing the left and the right arguments on this, you know, and I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a philosopher or a, um, or a politician. So I don't know the exact answer yeah. other than to sort of express, um, to express what I do know with my own personal experience. And my own personal experience is that I'm going to move towards what works for me. So what's working for me is getting into this online space, getting into having, having these sort of discussions, doing the writing and that sort of stuff. Cause it is working for me. If we, if we tie this back to, to sexuality, I feel there's like, this is like this sort of life experience is almost analogous to sexuality. How, how easy is it? Or maybe you've seen it in yourself or in other people or in society in general to go, okay, this is how we have sex. This is what, what happens. This is what a man does. This is what a woman does, or this is what this sort of person does. And you sort of fall into it. And then it takes a time, or at least this is what happened with me. It's like, well, what do I actually want from life? Or alternatively, mm-hmm. what do I want from sex? What do I actually enjoy? Because like, I remember like years ago, I would go out to like nightclubs. Now for me to even think of doing that now is um, ridiculous. Like I'm, I'm far too introverted. It's too noisy. Like it's just not a me environment. Right. But I did it back then because that was what was expected. Um, it's what my friends were doing. It's what, you know, it's sort of what you did, but it's not, it's what some people did. It's not what, not what everyone did. Other people didn't do it, but it's sort of like, I didn't sort of step outside myself and go, well, what do I want? What do I want from life? And then Mm -hmm. taking that to the bedroom, it's like, you'll bring a girl home or whatever. And it's like, well, I have to, you know, check these boxes of this is what sex is, but it's not, it doesn't have to be, 
you know, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, and bam, it's, what do I want? What does she want? What do we all want? Mm -hmm. Or what are we going to experience? And how is that experience sort of the process of the experience being the sex, if that makes sense? Do you know what I mean? Sort of like step step outside yourself and see, well, what what do you actually want? Like if we tie this right back to what you're saying about, and I want want you to um, elaborate on this story a bit more, but like, you know, this sexual arousal over Jupiter in the, um, in the museum. Yeah. Right. Like, if you describe to someone and saying, Hey, my, my deepest sexual fantasy is to have sex whilst a lecture about Jupiter is, you know, like, like it doesn't, no, that, like, that's what not the hitting, fuck? exactly. It's not, yeah. that's not hitting anyone's like, if I wrote that in a book, unless I hit the nail on the head real well, people are going to mm-hmm. be like, hang on, that, that makes like, who is this? You know what I mean? But that is true for you. And you've discovered that and you experienced that. And that's fucking awesome. And like that, that, that itself is ooh, like it's the talk, best talk about feeling what, in the world. Well, talk about what's arousing, right? Or talk about what's exciting for me. I'm like, fuck yeah! Like fucking get off on Jupiter. That sounds fucking you know. Like, do exactly. it. You know, it's not it's not what I want. Like you know, I'm not into the planets in that in that way or like like that like I'm not into astrology or astronomy or like that sort of thought process. Mm-hmm. But if that's what like you're into and you think about. And you connect that and then that that combines for this awesome sexual experience. Fuck yeah. Like awesome. Yeah. Awesome for you. And like if we tie that right back to, you know, the 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 librarian and the um the red flag chick, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if if you doing that in a in the planetarium planetarium? Museum. Yes. Museum <laughs> planet they're intertwined. Similar. Yeah. Go ahead. If 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 that's hitting like your like pinnacle as an example. Like that to me, it's like you're living your, or like you're, you're fucking, <laughs> you're fucking your dream. You're living your dream. It's like you're, you're living you're that, and fucking your dream all in one. It's, 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 it's that's, awesome. For me, it's, that's it's a so sapiophile. Awesome. That, <laughs> that's what it is, is you feel everything so intently, but you think about those feelings. And that's where it comes off of me feeding other people, me being hungry for other people's thoughts because you're able to look at the world in a broader perspective that way, like a conversation like this, not a conversation on Instagram necessarily, because you've seen my messages. They're hard to, it's a hard to get into that conversation. You're like, what the fuck is this chick writing about? Because you're not having a real conversation, like being able to look into somebody's eyes and see their mannerisms and really feel that. You know what I mean? Like you can look at me and see that when I'm thinking, my eyes are darting around. So I can, you see me reacting that way to something you're saying, and you know I'm on that track. I'm with you there. If it's you're like not you're getting off on enthusiasm, you're getting off on like uh, stepping outside the, the the narrow band of of generic human conversation. Exactly. It's I. I'm not I, attracted I love, I love to intellectual. Ex- I love when people are excited, right? Like yeah. they're, they're like, it's like, it's like, cause it's not intellect, like there's smart people, but there's, it's when like, I think this is where you were going. It's not just intellect. It's when they're, they're, they're smart and engaging and passionate and exactly. present. Right. And, and that when someone's in that mode and they're like expressing their passion, like, and it can be about anything like, and you, you can just sort of sit there and you're like, Oh, that's good. You know, like, mm. yeah, you're taking it all. You're feeding on that. And, mm. and that, from feeding on that for me is filling me up sexually. Like you are giving me your thoughts and 
I'm able to interpret them the way I want and and feed on that. And that's what so, a conversation is. But so, we don't so have I want, conversations. I, I want to sort of delve into like sort of the practical aspect of sex that you've experienced. Like obviously everyone's unique, but it sounds like, tell me if I'm wrong, the, like let's say this experience with the museum or just your your sex life in general when you're sort of aroused or you get built up or you feed on this sort of conversational, creative, energetic, this sort of thing that we've been discussing, right? Mm-hmm. How does that lead into a physical encounter? As in, will you find like, because it's, because like you can, you can sort of have a, almost a connection and a release just from a conversation. Like mm-hmm. this conversation now can be quite stimulating and that's great. Mm-hmm. But like, how would that lead into a physical encounter? Let's say we're having this conversation in person and we could continue it down that path, right? How would that look for you? Does that, does that sort of make sense? Cause it's like, cause like we can be having this conversation. I can have this conversation digitally. I can have it in person. I can have it with people old or young people that I'm have no intention of sleeping with. Right. Mm-hmm. But I can have it with people I'm having, I'm, I'm, I'm inte- like, I would like to sleep with. Right. Mm-hmm. How, how does it transition or how does it evolve into sex for you? So I've had that before. I've had, for me, it takes the other person. You have to really be on the same wave, wavelength together on everything, not just intellectually. You got to be, you got to really feel each other. And when you do that and you're able to feed off of each other sexually and intellectually, there's just no other option but to fuck. Like, so there is no thought on it. It's just like, you know what? Let's fuck. Like, we feel so good right now, sexually and mental and and emotionally from this conversation. Let's play on that. We both feel great. Like, let's do it. Fuck it. Mm. Like, that's for me. It doesn't matter where I am. Netflix and chill can be sexy. Because I, I had this fantasy the other day. I watched a new documentary docu-series type thing on this tech genius that it was back in 2011 and he was capable of so much with a computer and to think about that for me to think about that is so fucking sexy like his brain the way he was able to do that is so sexy so then to have that conversation with the person you're partaking in this to have a conversation about like I want like is what he did really wrong I mean he believes he was fighting against a system that is flawed anyways so is what he did really wrong I mean he took money from the IRS but he they got it back really like did he really fuck up that bad so to have that conversation and when you are in that conversation together and both feel the same way that feeling is fuck I feel good let's fuck like we're in this together that's that's where it's hard to find an intellectual match trading into sex because you need somebody who also feels that intensity from the conversation you're having feels that intensity of it's sexy as fuck that this dude just did that like his brain, the capability of his mind is sexy as shit. So when you see that sexy thing, why not act on it? So my partners, well, 
I've had one dom per se, but we were, we fed on each other so well that it's, we would have that conversation and then you know each other well enough to be like, let's fuck. Like, mm. does that make sense at all? Or am I rambling? Yeah, well, no, no, it, make, it makes sense. It, it sounds like almost, um, that feeling, the, the connection, the, the, the stimulus is a form of foreplay. It's like mm-hmm. you're, you're rather than being a physical form of foreplay or like a, like in terms of like, you know, touching and that sort of stuff. And obviously you'd still, you know, lead into it, but, or like a date form of foreplay, it's the, it's the, the intellectual form of foreplay or the, the, the connection form of foreplay, the emotionality form of foreplay. And like you're vibing on the same, vibing on the same wavelength. You've had this great conversation. You've watched this um, stimulatory thing and whatever the stimulation is, I suppose it's, I suppose the stimulation a lot of people might consider the stimulation having to be from a sexual, you know, you're watching something sexual and therefore you're aroused and now you're thinking sexually, but it doesn't have to be. Could you, could you be, for example, say you're on a date or you're, you're out and you go to a restaurant and they just make some incredible food. And then you might start contemplating or discussing with the person you're with, like, man, the artistry of creating this food right now is erotic. Yes. Right. You know, <laughs> I was talking to someone who's a quite a hit, quite a high level chef now, like mm-hmm. running sort of three kitchens in a hotel simultaneously, like, you know, like multi-million dollar business, like high level chefing. Um, and they were saying that their job is about the, like they're thinking about the eatability of the item, you know, like mm-hmm. not just like how, not just like the ingredients, the, the menu combined separately, the eating experience, you know, so when, when things come out, when they come in, when the person walks into the, into the business, into the, um, into the restaurant, what they're seeing on the walls. And he's describing this whole process. And I'm like, it wasn't like erotically arousing, but it was definitely intellectually stim- Like there was a stimulation. I'm like, cause it was like, I was just feeding off his passion being like, holy shit. Like you've, you've really thought about like, you're covering all of the bases and it wasn't just covering all of the bases. It was like covering all the bases and then like adding like a whole variety of stuff that I'd never thought of. It's like, Oh, I didn't think of even like, I've never even thought of like the, you know, like the eatability of food. Like he's introducing terms to me and it's sort yeah. of like unlocking, it's like unlocking principles that I can then draw and connect to, 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 to like, to my martial arts. Like I was seeing like connections from, he's talking about like the experience here. And I'm like, Oh, that relates to this like tangential thing that I'm doing when I'm practicing my martial art over here. And then that relates to my writing over here. And it was this sort of like, Whoa, this, this sort of thing, you know? And pause. then, and then like, <laughs> pause. pause. I get to pause you this time. Yeah. Yeah. So, pause, pause away. So think you're, about you're the, all um, of you're the, the feature of the podcast right now. Like we're interviewing you. I'm, I'm rambling. Go for it. <laughs> no, it's a conversation. It's not an interview. It's ah. a conversation. Love so, it. Kinky conversation as the name would exactly. suggest. Exactly. <laughs> so all of the things you just listed as your, your writing, um, people who have painting, a chef, jujitsu, it's all forms of art. Mm. So you're really stimulated by them talking about it because they're passionate about their art. Yeah. So it's not just about food. It's about the artistry of what it took for them to create that food. Like it's, it's anything though. Like I was a relative of mine's a policeman and he's describing the pro he's a, he trains other cops and he's training them. Like he's an expert shooter and he's training them on the process of just drawing the gun. Right. And like, I'm not, 
you know, like not nothing political here. Like that's like everyone needs training in, in whatever their job. Yeah, and he's just 100%. he's explaining he's explaining the process. And it was just this like literally just taking the gun out of the holster in a way that's safe and effective and efficient, you know. And he's just describing it as an art. Because it was like it's an art form to be able to do this, that repetition and practice, and there's all of these back end meetings. And I'm like, and it's this same, it's this same connection to this this artistry there, you know. And it's you like, mean to like, connect it with your other stuff right here? The, well, one, it does one con- word. Yeah, one word. Or actually, is it? Fuck, I lost it. Hold on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is why I smoke pot to like ground me. <laughs> See, okay, but, just just. On the, on the smoking pot thing, maybe you're like me with this, right? I, I when I get high, like I, I enjoy I enjoy weed, but what it does to me seems distinctly different to what it does to a lot of people. Like some a lot of people I'll smoke with them and they go sort of like off into this sort of like sort of like I call it like the, the TV stoner giggly goofy sort of sto- like stoned. Yeah. Whereas I sort of get quite introspective and it's sort of like i don't know it, it sort of puts me in this sort of opposite mood like we both we were all sharing the same weed and yet there's like it seems to be like there's a few people that go this way that i go and then like a lot of people go this other way and i'm not sure if it's like a brain chemistry thing or it's like a personality thing but like weed does different things to me than it seems to do to a lot of other people some some people like we we do it and we go down the same path together i don't know it's an it's an odd it's an odd experience it's because I believe that weed is a form of medication, the same as yeah, okay. speed, the yeah, yeah. same as speed. Speed for and ADHD. Exactly. And if yeah. you're ADHD and your brain's going too fast, speed helps center you and bring that down. Mm-hmm. If you're not mm-hmm. ADHD and you take speed, you're going, like you're was, on I, it. So it's polar opposite. I was talking to someone about that. Yeah. She was, she was like, she's take, she took, she took speed, like not like the medication speed, but like sort of illicit speed. And all of the people she was with went, went, you know, went speedy and she just calmed and calmed right down. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you probably should look into ADHD diagnosis if that's right. What, if that's what, if that's what's happening. Cause it's like, yeah. It, so, so if you, if you look at, if you look at weed as, um, I, I look at weed interesting, like in my life, right. It, it's a double, everything's a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I, um, if I, smoke it when I'm in a bad place as a way to inebriate myself and sort of like, you know, like as you would like get drunk to sort of forget it is fucking terrible for me. But if I use it as a way to, to ground myself to sort of, I I sort of like, I feel like it sort of shows me potential as in like this potential. Well, well, this podcast, right. I was like looking at it and I'm like, I'm like, hi. And I'm like looking at the success of the Instagram account. I'm at like 10,300 followers and like yeah. a month ago I was at like six, thank you I was at 6,000 like it's just I'm like I'm like I guess, I guess I'm good at finding and sharing memes and like talking you know like it just it just hits hits a nail on the head for whatever reason I can just do this space well and then I'm like well how can like I've lost one of my kink accounts I was at 4,000 Instagram deleted it because I posted something or a few things and I, I was unaware that you could like the limits of Instagram right yeah I'm like okay I don't want to like I'm, I'm high and I'm like thinking about this I'm, I don't want to lose this account how can I sort of keep the people that I'm connecting with? How can I sort of keep the followers, keep the engagement, keep the connections? Cause I'm like having conversations with people in the DMS. Some people mm-hmm. are very weird that we just sort of block and ignore very quickly, but other people like I'm getting real connections, like, you know, mm-hmm. internet friends for lack of a better expression. So then I'm like, okay, friends, well, friends internet friends. <laughs> why, don't, why don't we, um, and then that like, you know, people are connecting to the memes and I'm sort of sharing my sort of insights. I'm like, how can I, you know, it sort of, it all just sort of fell into place. I've got podcasts, I've done audio books. 
this could be the next step. And it mm-hmm. seems like, you know, like I'm, I can take the, the energy from the, from the memes and the, the comments that I'm talking about in the memes and my own sort of expression there extrapolated into a podcast and now we're really playing with fire because it's sort of like mm-hmm. all of these things are coming together but if i didn't get high i don't know <laughs> if that thought would have come or it might have come but it's sort of like it made it seem possible do you know what i mean before before it was like a you know it's a thought and then i'm high and i'm like no no this could be done this is a thing that can happen do you know what i mean like <laughs> like the in it, and it's interesting and like the feedback's been great like i have you did you listen to the first episode um where I was talking with the lady and we're talking about the use of a harmonica as a ball gag. Yeah, of course so, I did. So, I told you I worked out to it. Go on. Okay, okay. Sorry. So, so since then I've had like maybe 10 comments messaging me being like, Oh my God, like that's amazing. Sharing that mm-hmm. story. Yeah. So now she's actually done that with the harmonica and she's going to come back on the podcast and share about it. But it's like there's this there's this sort of level of play and engagement and connection that I'm getting, that the listeners are getting, that wouldn't have happened had I not have gotten high and sort of went and sort of asked the what if. It's like, I can do this. Do you know what I mean? But like the actual, like, side note with me, like I'm, I'm, I've got like social anxiety, I'm introverted, and this podcast is actually like, it's actually quite hard for me to do because it's like I have to agree to talk with people about a, a certain topics or topics at a certain time, I have to be on. And that sort of like scares me a little bit. Like that's a little bit of anxiety that I have. It's sort of back to the work anxiety. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like there's, there's a little, like there's, a, there's that sort of thing, but it's like, it's helping me to not only overcome that, it's helping me to work through it. It's like we're having face-to-face, well, mm-hmm. you know, online, but face-to-face communication. It's, it's helping me process my own issues as well as providing all of this value as well as all this sort of stuff. So yeah, without, without the weed, Maybe it wouldn't have happened or it might not have happened for years, you know, sort of like, oh, what if? And then it's like your brain just plays down that space and then you can see this potential future. I don't know where it's going to end up. I don't, I was, you know, got high. So I don't, I don't necessarily remember exactly where I hoped it to be, but like, <laughs> you know, no, like, you know, but it's like, oh, it's it enabled me to like, I believe in like starting like momentum, right? Mm-hmm. If I start running in a certain direction, it's like, if I can just get that first movement, there's mm-hmm. a quote, um, I can't remember that it's like a Shakespeare quote talking about the, um, the first moment of action. It's like, there's, it's like a phantasma. It's like, I, I can't, can't quite remember the quote, but basically he's saying like the, the, the act of taking a step into battle, into action mm-hmm. is the hardest thing. Maybe but we helped you get there. Can help you get past that first exactly. step. It's, like it's possible. <laughs> so I told you I've been in that super dark place. Um, I got on the right medication. After that, I got on the right medications for the time being. I felt good. But in the past little bit, this me, this me wasn't me a few months ago. But I was in Georgia with my family. And I had been avoiding weed for a while now. Like since I, well, no. I thought being grown up was not smoking weed. So I've been avoiding it. And then with it being legalized in Georgia. And I talked to my family and my dad was like, Bonnie, there's these Delta pens that have THC in them. They're not totally illegal, but so we can get you them. So I, I started using them. So basically started smoking weed again. And it's like that last little bit of anxiety that I had, because I have social anxiety. That's a lot. I, I get, I don't like conversations with, people sometimes face-to-face because a lot of people don't know what you're 
feeling inside. And so when you have a brain fart or when you mess up your words or something, it's overly embarrassing to me. I'm like, oh my God, these people, these people are looking at me like this bitch is dumb, but I know I'm not dumb. I just fucked up for a minute from my anxiety. So the weed got that last little bit of anxiety that was keeping Mm. me from doing those things. It released that last little bit that I had. And it's like, I've been able to open up me again. Mm. Like, like it gives me that in my best self because I don't have anything weighing on me like anxiety. But It's it's funny because like, it's, yeah, like like so you're you're smoking weed as we are are talking, right? Yeah. But you're but we're having a a conversation back and forwards, and it's fine. Yeah. So it's not it's not like a um, yeah. I, I think I, I like this approach because it's not it's not like you're you're doing it to get blasted off your face. No. You're doing it to just chip away a little bit of anxiety, and like and that can unlock functionality. Do you know what I mean? Like there's there's a level of functionality, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> if if you if you use weed or whatever it is and it makes you less functional and you can define functionality however you like but mm-hmm. for me it's like you know does it enable you to live and create and be what's your happiness level are you able to work are you able to exercise are you still socializing right there's, yeah. there's all of these different markers that you can place and if those in general are trending up and you need to have you know ssris or you need to have weed or you need to whatever that is like just because like the the legality thing's an interesting thing and once once sort of you know you look into like say like um cyberglobe and like mushrooms treatments or mdma or acid you know there's all of these like treatments that have been illegal are they it's only considered bad because of the illegality but if you took away the illegality if it was never illegal in the first place You'd just be like, yeah, I just um, I I take weed to to deal with my X Y Z problems, and look at me now, I'm 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 functioning because uh, as long as I can have my medicine, I'm great, you know. <laughs> yeah, so that's where it plays into society. Like before, <laughs> like for as long as you can think back, weed has been a medicine for everything. Like some of the brightest minds in the world were mm. stoners, like. But it's what made them that bright, you know? So, but as it's, society, yeah. we've turned it into, we've criminalized, we've turned it into a bad thing. So instead of seeing the potential you have with that, it's turned into a, it's turned into a thing of, you're just not going to achieve anything in your life. You're just going to sit on a couch and stare at the TV. Well, th- thankfully, it's, it's, it's getting pulled back. Like, I like to... I, I said this in, in an episode I just released now. There's this, um, like, like we're making society as we speak, like every act of creation, this conversation, right? Obviously like, you know, it depends on, on the range of, um, you know, reach and stuff, but every discussion is a formulation of society. So You're doing to, something. We, well, we, we're, we are right now. Like it's an act of, <laughs> of pushing society down a path and mm-hmm. like, it's, I'm so grateful that weed is getting legalized. Like, like I'm in Australia, so we sort of we lag about five years to ten years behind the US on this sort of stuff. Um, it's it's Listen, getting the like, US is everywhere. Well, so. yeah, true. Look, look. <laughs> but I mean, like, I look at it and I'm like, okay, tax money, um, medicinal benefits. Like, if you look at the stats, it's like um, other drug use and overdoses and issues all go down. I can only really see positives unless you're 
in certain industries, like certain industries will mm-hmm. lose out if the weed goes up. Fair enough. That's where some of the pushback is. I fear there's a political issue there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the medicine companies, some of the alcohol companies might be like, well, you know, you're encroaching on our space. Like, you know, we should keep it illegal. Maybe some of the, um, in the US with the, um, the sort of the criminal justice, like it's sort of in some people's best interests to make things more illegal so they can incriminate people. So there's all of those sort of political things aside. But ultimately, I look at it and going, well, as a tax benefit, as a medicinal benefit, as a, like there's, there's a lot of benefits to, to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just from like a, like if you live in a democracy, like we should have freedom of choice and provided like the same thing with sex, right? Like drug use, mm-hmm. like you're free to, to drink as much alcohol as you like, provided you don't endanger me, mm-hmm. right? Like fair enough. And, and the thing is with alcohol or tobacco, right? There is actually a negative societal cost that far exceeds the weed use. Like mm-hmm. if you drink too much, you get sick, you take up a hospital bed that someone that isn't drinking or smoking or, you know, doing mm-hmm. the legal stuff, like eating heaps of crappy fast food with sugar and, you know, high cholesterol that you're, you're, you're actually causing harm to society because you're costing tax dollars, you're costing a bed. Whereas, you know, so it's like, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole variety of different thoughts. And like, like I said, I, I struggle to form opinions on things like deeply, like if you asked me for a policy decision, I couldn't give it to you, but I can just sort of think about the different options. But mm-hmm. it seems to me, yeah. it seems to me that it will eventually become fully legal and accepted. And then it's sort of society will look at it like, like maybe some people, some aspects of society will look at it like medicine. Some people will look at it like drug use. Some people will not consider it either yeah. way, you know, we're, we're in that sort of space. I guess, I guess, um, in the same way that we're talking about kink and sexuality and sapiosexuality, mental illness, drug use versus medication, it's all about just sharing your true experience. Because, like, mm-hmm. if you know, like this conversation talking about your sexual experiences, I've had people message with the other podcasts that I've put out, being like, "Oh my god, I don't feel alone anymore." You know, I've mm-hmm. had a few of these people, me- few people messaging me. And that's, that's amazing because it's like I'm talking to the people that I'm talking to and I'm like, I can connect with that. So it's like I feel less alone. I share my mental state, my 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 um, mental illnesses, all of these sort of stuff. And people are like, oh, man, I don't feel that. You know, I, I'm feeling that. You're describing words, things, experiences that I've experienced. So if you're, mm-hmm. if you're experiencing this benefit for weed, like I've experienced this as well, it's like, you know, maybe there's something to consider. It's, it's like you said before, mm-hmm. the what if. What if, you know? Yeah, we all, the, the whole thing is just saying what if. Just, but if you think about it, the com like having a conversation doesn't really happen anymore because a conversation is two people discussing things. It's mm. not one person telling one person one thing, and it's not another person. It's two people who may have opposing thoughts, but really dig into each other's mind to get to the core of it and be able to associate with each other in some way to really hear each other. That's mm. where things are so fucked up is because nobody is hearing each other in everything. In like the perfect example of how to dumb down hearing each other would be, I just thought of this earlier. If I got a, if I saw a meme of feet and it's like, oh God, I want to fuck these feet. Like to, to on the surface, you're like gross. So a kid has pictures of feet and he's jacking off to it. His friend comes in the room and is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like if we asked instead of what the fuck are you doing? If we asked instead of why are you doing that? He can Mm -hmm. say, listen, I'm not weird. If you had the same feeling that I did with these fucking feet, like you would, (laughs) you would love feet. Like, if you had what I feel for that, you would fucking love it. 
So how about try to meet me in the middle? Because if you're really into nipple play and I'm not, but I know that person is getting the same satisfaction that I am from feet, Mm. then I know that they're feeling really fucking good right now. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, I I look at that as well. It's like I don't, you know, obviously I'm sharing and talking about a bunch of different um, things on on the on the Instagram page, and people sort of try and put me into a box. And it's like mm, I can just I can I can empathize and I can connect with. And yeah, it's like it's like I feel this way about these things, but I can see why you feel that way about those things. And my my curiosity and part of the part of the point of this podcast is to be like, well, okay, like if you're into feet, for example, tell me about it. Like what what about it? If you're yeah. into whatever you're into, because like, you know, there's things that I would never, would never do or haven't experienced or haven't been exposed to. Maybe, maybe I am into feet, you know, you know, maybe, maybe. cause it's like how, yeah, you know, if, until you've been exposed to things, you don't necessarily even know about it. Yeah. You know, like which, which ties into how I identify as a sapiophile because one of my biggest fantasies and it's so vast and possible that it is a fantasy, but it's so sexy is I get off on thoughts. Like I get off on thoughts and my biggest fantasy is to meet up with somebody that I can give them my thoughts because I get the satisfaction of seeing how they turn my thoughts back at me. So if I gave an artist a, I'm not skilled in literature, but if I gave you and you, if I gave you my thoughts, but then I get to see how you turn it around in your own perspective in a physical form is incredibly sexy. Is it not? Mm. Because you're really getting to the core of somebody just by looking at their art because their art is their thoughts. Shit like that turns me on like that's bouncing, where bouncing from that right B- bouncing from that like i'm fully on board with exactly what you're saying in terms of the artistic perspective but i think there's a physical parallel right if you're making someone come right with your body with your hands with toys with whatever if you're causing them to orgasm and you're seeing them you're feeling them you created that yeah exactly so it's like there's this it's almost like sex as art in that sense I That's love where it. I said it at the very beginning. <laughs> I said it because you could anything is art, but sex is is one of the most intense arts. Mm. It really is. It's two people coming together to create something really good. And if you have two, if you have two, not moldable, but if you have two flexible minds, kink comes in, but you do it together because this person is open to feet. It's like, you know what? I'm open to try that. Like, fuck it. Let's do feet. If I like it, I like it. If you like it and I don't, then we figure out a way to make it work into there so that Mm -hmm. we both are Mm -hmm. sexually aroused by it. If you aren't into me saying, call me a bad girl, but you know how it makes me feel for you to do that, then you do it because you're Mm -hmm. getting off on making me feel that way. So it's a sex is an art of bending and literally and and metaphorically, no, literally and figuratively, you're bending everything. It's so, oh God, it is so good. It is so good. 
I think I think that might be a great place to to, to step off. I feel like we might have to have another conversation another time because we're coming up okay. on time here. My Is bad. it? No, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good. Um, who would have thought conversations with a sapiophile would uh, be wide-ranging and um, ongoing and um, delightful as this? It's so great. <laughs> um, before we do sign off, is there anything you wanted to add or bring back or sort of mention that we might have skipped over or moved on from? Um, because I know that we sort of did sort of jump around with topics. Is there anything that you wanted to leave, leave with? In sex and kink, people really need to learn to ask the what-if questions. Instead of DMing me and saying, are you a sub? No, because you just, <laughs> you just asked to. Sorry, like, I, I laugh because like, yeah, you get, you get, yeah, yeah. People. Are, it's awful. I, mm. I ignore it immediately because I'm like, you, you don't get me at all. I can tell by that one sentence, you don't mm. get me. So I know by you asking that sentence, you're never going to get me. Yeah. <laughs> So there's yeah, no yeah. reason. I can almost and, tell instantly when like someone enters the DMs with me and like within like one, like one, one pressing enter of send, I'm like, you can almost instantly tell where they're at. And a lot of people, it's like, like, it's like, yeah, Hey, are you this? It's like, Oh, Hey, can, yeah. And you, you just get this quick read. It's like, yeah, we're not, we're not going to gel here. There's not, this is, this is sort of mm, not going to work. Right. It's the same. I reached out to you when the very first was about your post about EMDR. Mm. And I asked you about that and you told me about it, but then it came to that awkward point of like, do I keep writing him? Like if I keep writing him at some point, maybe we'll, we'll jive on something to be friends. So it hits that awkward point, but then you say to yourself, like, what if, like, what if I do? And Mm. I did, I did. And then here we are. Like yeah, having like, one of the most intellectual, stimulating conversations of my life. No, I feel, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. I feel very humbled. <laughs> it's, it's not even just you. It's the fact that you're willing to listen to it and take it in. is what's so sexy. Okay, go on. Yeah, look at that. We're, we're, we're hitting the mark. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Um, look, we'll definitely, we'll definitely have another conversation at some stage. I'm trying to um, get this podcast going and get, get people interested in a whole variety of different sexual experiences and sexual expressions. It's great to have different people on because, mm-hmm. you know, this discussion is markedly different to the other discussions I've had, but they're all equally interesting or like differently equally interesting, if that makes sense. Because what mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a curiosity. It is that what if it's like, well, you know, what, what if <laughs> it's just, it's, it's lovely. You know what I mean? It's what if. Like that's what the if? name of that's the name of this episode is the what if, like the what because if. that's the em- one thing the to take if. away is to ask the what if. Because you ask mm. the what if, then you find out who you are. Because mm. if you don't, if you what, don't ask, you don't know. What if? Yeah, it's the what ifs. We don't ask enough mm. what ifs, but sexually, asking the what ifs can be super beneficial because you're mm. opened up to so much more if you ask the what ifs. Hundred percent. I think they're shutting a, it down. How? Just a fun, final question is: is practically, how mm-hmm. can someone that's hearing this embrace that philosophy? What can they actually do? Like, say, right now, by themselves with their partner, to to look into this what if? So it's like it's like okay, question it. How how do I question it? We'll we'll, we'll finish with that. I mean, look at your partner and say, "Hey, I just listened to this." dope podcast and this chick was talking about asking about the what if 
what do you think of that? Like, can we, conversation. can we get into this? Because I might be a sapiophile. I think I just might be like, so can we get <laughs> into this conversation? Yep. And then you go with the conversation. And if that conversation leads you to sex, it leads you to sex. If that conversation leads you to cuddle, you fucking cuddle. Like, yep. just go with it. What if? And go with the what ifs. Like, that's my that's my little summing it all that. down thing. Well, so. I, I I like that I like that um that advice. And when this episode comes out, if people do ask the what if, please do um message in. Tell and me. Let me know. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll pass it on to you, or I can I can maybe link you, and they can message you directly. Um, you might get some interesting messages of what the people have discovered. Yeah, but I like I said, first line, like I'll leave you on unread just to not be rude. But I'm polite enough to leave you on unread, but it's already deleted. It just you didn't see that I even saw it. If, so, if it's a if it's a hey, are you going to be my sub? Are you a sub? Or like hey. Can I see your tits? We are not meant to talk because I know intellectually, deep down, you and I aren't going to mesh if that's the first thing you say to me. So <laughs> if I get weird ones, fuck it. Like, oh no, no, we just honestly, like, I, I shouted out someone, and she's like, "That that's great." Like, yeah, you know, it boosted her followers or whatever. But then she's like, she mentioned that there was like a few people that like came across that were creepy, sort of like doing this sort of thing. And I'm like, I'm so, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. Since I started like, even looking at the kink things or liking anything oh, it's a on mess, kink isn't things, it? some people are just they're flocking to me. But then, <laughs> like a lot of them, they flock and just like, cool. I'm good with That's that. Even if you want to sort of stalk me, I'll go fuck. Go ahead. But yeah. if you're gonna look at all my stuff and decide that you want to talk to me, you should have been able to see by now that what you're gonna yep. say to me. Just don't do it. Don't waste your time or mine. Two responses to this, right? People enter my DMs and they're like, are you male or female? I'm like, dude, like, look, scroll down a bit. You'll see, you'll see the answer to that very quickly. Yeah. But beyond that, I feel this is the other thing that gets with, with podcasts, right? Right. People will listen to me talking over the span of podcasts. Mm -hmm. And like, let's say you're listening to me. Mm -hmm. You've now got this emotional connection to me. And if you don't step back and realize that I don't know you, like yep. people sort of enter with this like over the top um, intensity intensity. And it's like, hang on, hang on a second. Like, you know me, right? You've listened to my, my voice. You followed all my posts. Like this, I've got so much of my, my work online my poetry's online. Like I've put my, my childhood traumatic stories. Like, like there's so much of me online, right? Yeah. That if someone wanted to, they could get a real deep and true connection to quote unquote me, mm -hmm. but that's not me. That's, the me that I've put out there and there's more to me than what I put out. I try and be as open and honest as possible, but yeah. no matter what I put out, there's still, you know, whatever. <laughs> but either, either way, if, if, whether they know the true me or not, even if they've got me hundred percent down pat, <laughs> I don't know them. So it's like, yeah. you have to like, you have to like, if you're going to talk to me, it's like, I, I actually don't know you. And it's like, yeah, gr like I really appreciate Like I just had a DM this morning of like a guy that's like, I, like, I love exactly what you're doing. This is great. It's helped me to find a partner. Like, just beautiful. I'm like, that's mm -hmm. great. But he didn't follow that up with like, Hey, let's be friends. And let's like, you know, like fuck digitally or something like, Whoa. You yeah. know, it, it was just yeah. this, it was just, you know, it's like, it was appropriate. It was like, you know, like I love what you're doing. This is how it's connected. You know, thank you. And then it's like allowed the conversation to just develop naturally. Like yeah. that's, that's so, so yeah, there, there is this subset of people online yeah. that are just like, I don't know, but maybe it's shoving like shoving stuff in there. 
is Ooh, like, it's... stop shoving stuff at me. No, but then people the... need to be honest and say like, hey, like, we're not vibing. So, so yeah, maybe I, you uh... shouldn't build, you shouldn't build it up to feel like we're vibing because we're not. So it's only hurting you. I'm just letting you know ahead of time, think, full honesty. I, I think people working. feel feel them. They feel themselves like it's like, oh, I'm aroused. Therefore, the other person must be aroused. And there's like yeah. the the check back mechanism doesn't quite work. It's like, oh, I'm into this. You must be. Maybe not. Like, let's have a little. We need to make sure that we're both we're both vibing. And if if you need to ask explicit, like I'm, I'm a massive advocate of like open and honest expression and mm-hmm. communication, right? Some people like, particularly in the online space, particularly if it's via text, right? But just even in person, like ask the person, it's like, Hey, like, like, let's just clarify what sort of relationship we've got here. Are we acquaintances? Are we friends? Are we fuck mm-hmm. buddies? Are we romantically engaged? Like where, where are we at? Like, are we working together? Like, cause if you don't, if you like, don't some, ask some people, those questions, Go ahead, go, well, go, go, go. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Like, if you don't ask, you don't know. And some, sometimes you do know and you do just vibe off each other. Mm-hmm. But if there's any uncertainty, like, just have the conversation and clarify it so you know. And, like, there's there's a book that I read back in the day um, called Models. And it's, like, it's ostensibly, like, a pickup book. But it's, mm-hmm. like, it's it's the complete opposite of all of the other pickup books. Because he's basically saying, you know, be open, be honest, be yourself, be your best self. And if the person that you're you're attracted to doesn't like you, good then you're not meant to be together. Like, exactly. Don't don't hunt the person that doesn't want you. Like, be yourself and mm-hmm. people that are actually connected to you. And he, his advice was like, um, I can't remember, like, I don't exactly know the word, but he's like, you know, basically like test the waters rather than sort mm-hmm. of booting up this idea in your head. It's like, hey, put it out there. Like, are you, you keen? Are, is this going to happen? And if she says no or he says no, fine. You've answered the question. You're not wasting any time. You're not building up any emotionality more than is exactly. necessary. And then you can move on. And it's like, that to me applies for everything. Like mm-hmm. I might be super keen on a friendship, right? Not even sexual, but mm-hmm. if they're not fucking, what am I doing? You're wasting you know? my time. And that goes back to the thing of time. Like I don't have that time. So tell me the important shit. Like if I'm wasting my time by saying something to you that you don't want to hear, let mm. me know because then 100%. I'm I'm not going to waste my time telling you that thing because yep. it's not beneficial to either of us. I just said something that I feel, but I said it to somebody who doesn't want to hear it. Mm. So just tell me before I go that deep talk, into it. Right? Talk. Yeah. Just, just talk. Just communicate. And honesty. We wouldn't be so like me. I prefer to somebody be honest with me because I look at it that way. Mm. But we wouldn't be so fucked up about honesty. If honesty was so rare, because because Ugh. it's so rare, you don't fully take in how important it is. Mm, so you you stigmatize this. This this whole layers that we can get into. Maybe, maybe I know. We'll I just keep going. No, no, it's okay. it's okay. I I love it because I can have these sort of discussions for ages, and you know, put two sapios together, and then it'll be um, what is it? Just discussion until sex, as we discussed earlier. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. You just talk and talk and talk until you can't handle it. You just, that's the intensity of it is you just talk and talk and talk until neither of you can handle it. And that's how it happens. Like when you say, how does it transfer to your partner? You talk and talk until you're both there. And when you're both there, you're both going to be the most beneficial out of that sex. Your orgasm is going to be better. Everything is just going to be more intense because 
you found that passion within that conversation to care about the other person's passion as well. You fall, you've fallen into it. Yeah. It's, oh I love it. God, it's so good. So make a notebook. Anytime you want to talk honesty, sass, <laughs> we can talk fruit. Like I can probably go on any conversation. So hit me up because I, it's a sapiophile having a fucking conversation is what it is. Ooh. So hit Ooh. me up with a conversation. <laughs> I'm totally down to do this podcast because <laughs> seeing somebody and feeling those physical reactions that you're seeing, but then also like you're getting deep in there. It's not, it. it's not you per se. I'm not saying like, yo, I want to fuck you. But this conversation, this conversation's giving it to me. <laughs> like, it. Okay. On that note, on that note, we'll call it. That's a great way to end up. The conversation's giving it Bye. to me. I'm getting, I'm getting a bit back. I love it. I just want to give a super special thank you to Lani for joining me on the podcast. One of the things I love in life is having deep connections with other humans, going deep on topics, exploring their minds, and collectively exploring our own curiosities, seeing where the conversation takes us, and sort of just vibing off each other. And that's one of the experiences that I had during this podcast, and I hope you felt a little bit of that coming through. The concept of sex as art and of attraction to the mind and the process and of things that aren't directly sexual. For example, an entrepreneur's process or the workings of a genius's mind. These sort of things aren't directly sexual, but they can be arousing, at least for me and for Lani. When we consider the process, the work behind, the creativity, the art, the everything that gets involved, how can you not get a little bit excited? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe it's my sapio leanings or however we want to define it. But there really is something there, don't you think? Anyway, stick around. I'm going to give a reading of the poem Sapiosexual. But before that, I just wanted to mention, if you want to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is give it a rate and review. Tell someone about it. Spread the word. But if you want to support it more directly, there's a couple of things you can do. Grab a copy of the book, Kink, Volume 1. It's a collection of BDSM and kinky-inspired short fiction and poetry. The ebook is only a couple of bucks, and I read the audiobook. So grab a copy. And also, you can think about becoming a Patreon supporter of the podcast. I only have one tier, a $5 per month tier. And for those who sign up, you get a bunch of cool extras. You get access to the Patreon-exclusive Discord channel, the Kinky Community. There we'll be engaging, connecting, talking, and sharing memes, discussing these episodes, and developing deeper friendships and connections. I'll be in there daily. You'll also get access to all of the podcast episodes the moment they're edited and uploaded, rather than having to wait for the public release. At the moment, I'm releasing a new episode every two weeks. But if I get enough Patreon supporters, I hope to up that to once per week or even twice per week. It's just that the time taken to record and edit and tweak and upload is obviously time consuming. It takes a lot. Each episode takes me about two to three times longer than the actual recording time. So if this episode went for two hours, it'll take me another maybe four to six hours on top to get it uploaded and, you know, complete. I love this process. I love these conversations. It feeds my soul but it does take a lot of time. 
but with your support, I'll be able to dedicate far more of my time to having these awesome conversations and getting them out there to you. Patreon supporters on the $5 tier will also get access to any behind-the-scenes footage and outtakes, as well as going to the draw to be able to do a reverse interview. Every so often, I will raffle the opportunity for my Patreon supporters to interview me, put me in the hot seat. I'll be the one discussing my kinks. And finally, I'll give people a shout-out. And just on that topic, I want to give a special shout-out to my first Patreon supporter, Maria, for jumping on board. Thank you so much. It's It means a lot to have your support with all of the stuff I'm doing. I, I can't thank you enough. If you're keen, check out the show notes and you can click through to Patreon now. And finally, if you'd like to be a guest on the podcast or a sponsor of the podcast, shoot me an email or hit me up on social media. Anyway, it's been lovely having you here today. And without further ado, I bring you the poem, Sapiosexual, from the book Kink, Volume 1. Here is a sentence, crafted specifically to arouse you. No, I won't use big words just to impress. Such an approach lacks refinement. Anyone can use a thesaurus to substitute words. Unfortunately, those fancy words convey less meaning than the simple option. Brevity is the soul of wit, but also the soul of arousal. Watch. I want you. I want you as you are, for who you are, right now.